Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we no longer talk about Animorphs because we've already done that. But we're not ready to say goodbye to Catherine Applegate and Michael Grant. Turns out they wrote more books. What? Books that we will be reading and casually discussing? You bet. Join us on the 1st and the 15th of each month as we morph into the Apple Grant Book Club. in the series like 10 episodes in okay yeah Still in book um, one, he right? is yeah he is just started water bending and mm-hmm. he's figured out that he's pretty good at it and that made katara katara yeah is that katara. right katara yeah katara was a little mad at that mm-hmm. and i was like you know i get it i get it I have to go on Animorphs Anonymous with the two people who are really talented, and I can't even say the word anonymous. It's really embarrassing. It's nothing like that. It's not at all like that. <laughs> no, they're they're the avatars of Animorphs, and then there's me. What is an Animorph Spender? <laughs> what what benders would the Animorphs be? Who bends the oh. Animorphs benders? Have we talked about this before? I don't think we have. Who does? Well, and this does sound like something you would have talked about, though. It this is super very does. Much, yeah, this is like, what Hogwarts house would they be in? I don't know. I haven't watched enough of the show to tell you. We should revisit this. Yeah, I like uh, this idea. The only thing that like stands out to me is I feel Rachel would be fire. And I think Cassie would be water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not not evil fire, though. Strong fire, Strong if that fire. makes sense. Yeah. Marco and Jake would probably both be earthbenders. I guess we will go into this now. Yeah, I guess we're doing it. I guess we're doing it. <laughs> Let's not talk about Tobias this. Tobias is obviously an airbender. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah, I, I figure Marco and Jake would be the same, mm-hmm. whatever yeah. they were. I could see earthbenders for them, especially Jake. Jake more than Marco, but if we're subscribing yeah. to them being the same theory, then yeah, Earthbenders. I do. Marco's I do. the sock of the group. He doesn't have any bend. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> no, that that's yes. boomerang yes. kid. You do and then Axe is the Avatar. Oh. oh okay. Yeah. Axe can oh. do all of them. Only Axe the Andalites are massive the elements. Yeah. This is this is what I think. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. We did it. Good mm-hmm. job. We did it. We did it very fast too. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh no! I want to draw them as as vendors now. Oh, uh, no. art corner. Or throw art that in the corner. art corner. Okay. Yeah. And then I could draw Momo super realistically. So I love that for me. Tim doesn't know about Naga yet, but can you also draw Naga? Yes, I can. David would be fire, but he'd be the bad fire, not the good Rachel fire. He'd be the bad fire. He'd be like every man. Fire Nation. Like, just the shitty yeah, guys yeah, that don't know yeah. anything. Just do he would be, stupid shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is... Uh, yes. He sucks. He does suck. <laughs> How much would it rule to be able to morph Appa? Yes. that's You know what? That's going to be my, my standard. Whenever anybody asks me, what would you want to morph? I'd be like, Appa. Sky mm-hmm. Bison. Yeah. And they'd be like, you're like 
casual morph or like your your battle yes. morph. I'd be like both, both. Yeah. I got it covered. Would you be all. mad if you got Nosslet as a Sky Bison? No. Yeah, me either. I would. I would. I, it, I would be so Tobias about it. I'd be like, <laughs> "Come on, Elemis, let me turn back into human so I can get Cinnabon and hang out with like Alex and Casey at GalaxyCon because I can't do that as a Sky Bison." But I only need two hours at a time. It's fine. Yeah. Otherwise, I'd go back and I'd just have a big old mouthful of hay every time you look at me. <laughs> so, for anybody listening, I I started listening or I started watching Avatar: The Last Airbender. I I've, I've never watched it before, and I'm enjoying it. Yay! Yeah, you're all caught up now. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's so good. It's such a oh. good show. It's like still to this day, it's what, like 20 years old at this point? It's still like like the pinnacle of like storytelling animated shows that are like sort of for kids, but like really accessible to everybody. Like, it's oh, it's so good. I just want to punch someone. (laughs) (laughs) Is it really 20 years old? Mm -hmm. It's got to be because we were watching it. It was all out when we were watching it in college. And that was like, yeah, it was like early 2000s. So, okay. I have been told in no uncertain terms to never watch that movie. Oh yeah, never. Correct. Have you have y'all watched the no. movie? Oh, okay. Five, okay. five minutes of it and I was like, no. Unacceptable. Absolutely not. I will not continue. I started a conversation with M Swan the other day. Have you ever seen Avatar? And she was like, I've never seen the movie and I was like, Okay, so you've seen Avatar. It's yeah. You did it good. You did yeah. good. <laughs> Have y'all watched Death Note? No. The anime? Yes. Yes. Uh, I absolutely, ago. absolutely loved it. And then there were Korean versions of the film that were, or that were Korean movie versions of the story that were, they were pretty good. And then Netflix made one and it was, I did watch that one and I regret it. Live regret action it anime so adaptations, hard. usually Ooh. not good. No. It just doesn't translate. No. Mm-mm. I didn't watch Cowboy Bebop either. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't either. Actually, I think that might be the only one. It was that Death Note one, other than the Korean versions, which, like I said, they weren't bad. But uh, the yeah, that might be the only one, and I think that was enough for me to say this is not this is not where I need to be. I don't need to be watching these. I would absolutely fuck up a live action version of Yu-Gi-Oh though. Like there's no way they could do it, but I would fucking watch that shit. I've never I've never watched Yu-Gi-Oh. I don't know what Yu-Gi-Oh is. It's fucking garbage and I love it so much. <laughs> it's such much. garbage. Is that, the, <laughs> it is, is that the one Is that a card game or yeah. is that a, <laughs> a they, children's card game? <laughs> but they played the card game in the show, right? Mm-hmm. It's the okay. basis of the show. Yeah. It's Which like, one was the one where they launched the little spinny blades at each other? That's Beyblade. Beyblade. Okay. I've never seen that either. No, Is that a show? Yeah, I think I've run those together sometimes in my head. I just thought it was the, just, the game where you got a little mini coliseum and sh- spun them at each other. I think they other. made a tie-in show to sell the game. What was that game? Crossfire? There was Crossfire. a game. Yeah, that. Never forget that jingle. Ever. <laughs> no, no, it's it's burned in my brain. Mm-hmm. Never heard of this game. 
Uh, I'll see if I can order a copy and we'll play it when we're at GalaxyCon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm so scared. What? Sirens? No, Scott? Scott's, Scott's fighting something. <laughs> oh, no. An intruder. I don't know Probably what's bird. happening. He's run up and oh. down the stairs, and now he's punching things, I think. It, what if it's a ghost? I don't know why you'd punch a ghost. That seems foolish. What if he knows how? What if he's in the spirit realm? Oh. Can you punch ghosts in the spirit realm? Yeah. You just can't bend. You're equally tangible with them. I mean, it just seems like they normally do things like absorb you into them and stuff. When you're corporeal and they are not. But now you're on equal footing. Seems logical. Yeah, but the spirit world isn't logical. You're not logical. I know. (laughs) No, no, no. How come you get to make up spirit world rules? I'm not. (laughs) I'm making up spirit world (laughs) unrules. I think someone has died. There's like nonstop sirens going on right now. Oh, that's fun. Well, they're probably not dead yet if the sirens are on. Spirit world. I don't hear the sirens. Okay. It could be ghosts that sound like sirens. Siren ghosts. You have banshees. Yeah. And wendigos, right? I don't know what a wendigo is, actually. You know what I found on eBay yesterday? No. Okay, so we we know about my, my cryptid obsession, yeah. right? I found a Funko Chupacabra. And not the one from the Harry Potter movie. Like an actual Chupacabra. Chupacabra in the Harry Potter movies? What What's the new ones? The Grindel... Grindelwald? Grindel, yeah, that. Apparently, there's a Funko for it. Huh. It doesn't look like a Chupacabra. I was like, you've never eaten a goat. <laughs> you fucking imposter. You've never eaten a goat. You fucking poser. <laughs> That's the energy of what you brought that comment. <laughs> I wonder if there will be a chupacabra in Everworld. We can only hope. I imagine there might be. There is not one Bigfoot I riot. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. I'm going to tell you about this book. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. Right back into the action. Are you ready? Yeah. Cool. April is singing in a shaky voice, the only thing stopping hell from ending them right then and there. And Jalil is trying to think, even though his mind is just muddled and focused on the precariousness of their situation instead of the actual logic. Hell's like, dance, fools, and their bodies begin to jerk and flail and crash into each other. And Jaleel was like, but why did the guard let the sword go? Why did he give us the sword? What is the importance of the sword? And then he's like, oh, wait, I know. He crashes into David, and he's like, David, you got to use the sword. <laughs> well, thank God for putting it together. This was uh, a I real- forgot how much... That annoyed me that he didn't immediately understand it. You're so bad. I know. Me, Captain, I never pick up on anything. (laughs) Like, you cannot even be, like, remotely subtle about anything because I will miss it. And even I got that one. I would have been the guard with the the hand and I just showed him my hand and he'd have been like, what? And I just slapped him with the hand. (laughs) I'd be 
and like figure it out. Oh no! Oh man! Well, he did eventually figure it out, and he said, no. "David, use the sword." <laughs> and David's like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad these are the heroes of our story. <laughs> We're saved. We're saved, kids. The only thing standing between total domination of the earth and, you know. Yeah. Marco would have figured that out immediately. Uh, absolutely. <sighs> That's why they had to put, like, the C team in here, because, like, <laughs> the A team would have had this handled in one book. Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> God. All right. Anyways, uh, so they're dancing for a while, and then Hell starts doing this thing because Julia's like, David, you're a fool. And Hell's like, who's the fool? Who's the fool? I know who the fool is. It's Christopher. And then do a joke, Christopher. Do it. And so he started, and before he can even get to the punchline, Hell is like, that's not funny. David cut off his ear. So David draws the sword. And Hell, in this moment, starts, like, picking up Jaleel and, like, torturing him with the ecstasy pain thing. And it gets very, like, fuzzy. And then her tongue reaches out like a frog. And she grabs David with her frog tongue. And she's like, oh, you're going to stab me. Because I guess one of them said they were going to stab her. I don't really know. Uh, She's like, any sword that stabs me will turn to dust immediately. Do it. Try it. And she holds her hand out. And David's like, okay. And, like, slams the sword down through her hand. Fucking cuts her hand off. Everybody's shocked. Everybody. Hell's shocked. She, they're all staring at the hand. like I imagine like a comedic five seconds of silence before anybody did anything. Uh, and then they're like, all right, well, shit. They figure out that you can't wield the sword without permission. And so that enchantment caused it to be able to cut through Hell's hand. And so Hell then screams and launches herself at David and pulls up the veil so they can all see her face and like... They were all, she was just putting the beat down on the boys. And then she starts screaming because April had stabbed her in the thigh and she bled and collapsed and fell down because she's a big baby idiot loser. And then uh, she swatted April, sent her flying. Jaleel was like caught up in that, grabbed April by like the hair and got dragged over the side of a pit. They're looking down the pit and there's just this horrors on horrors of the dead lining the walls and like blah, blah, blah. And then coiled in the bottom of the pit is that giant snake of Midgard. And then they're like, oh no, but most importantly, there's Senna and she's suspended by thin threads. No. So Cassie would have brought up the morality of whether or not to acquire Fenrir. And then the group would have had to have a whole conversation about whether or not morphing Fenrir was okay. I feel like Fenrir would be fine. I feel like it, like, what's the morality of morphing Loki, though? I was going to say Loki, but I think Loki is a little more gray or yeah, like that one. I could, I could, yeah. Cause Fenrir's a sentient being, but it's wolf. Yeah. But like the humpback whale was also a sentient being and she morphed that. Yeah. But I think it's more sentient. Like I think it leans more into the whole human conversation though. Well, the whale gave them permission to, that's true. Yeah. Do you think she would eventually say it would be okay to morph Loki? I think that she would have done one of those like, hey, we're in a land of nonsense and so rules don't apply anymore. Which like 
I don't think Cassie did often because she still always applied morality. But every once in a while, they'd be in like a super goofy situation and she'd be like, we just kind of got to figure this out. <laughs> okay. So switching off of, well, not really switching off, but a little bit switching off of that. We're going to take the, the, the Animorphs off ramp onto Everworld. <laughs> if, we'll say Marco because Marco's the best. If Marco was to acquire yeah. Loki and then morph Loki... <laughs> In Everworld, when Morph Loki do get Loki powers, mm. that see right? that is magic genetic, mm-hmm. magenetics, magenetics, mm-hmm. and I feel like in Why most does that sound lore, like a, yes, like a testosterone pill or something. Magenetics, be a man <laughs> with magma and genetics. Magnets, how do they work? <laughs> we don't know, but they're in your bloodstream now. Yeah, so, yeah, like, ev- Animorphs rules yeah. don't get magic, I feel. Everworld rules might get magic. Mm-hmm. What if they got the magic, but they couldn't control it? <gasps> Ooh, the Loki brain took over. The Loki brain took over. I then there's the two Lokis. <gasps> You'd have to roll a constitution check. Yeah, they would. Now if only D&D they could rules. use their wisdom modifier for that. <laughs> oh, if only no. they had a feat. <laughs> it's like Austin just sitting there in the corner. He's like. You can use your stats or you can use the Loki stats for this roll. <laughs> this is a physical roll, so you can use either one of the stat pools. <laughs> take take that, Austin. Yeah, Austin. <laughs> That's just a thing he said. We're just quoting a thing he said. <laughs> said. No, but we both did legitimately terrible Austin impressions. Oh, I can't do a good one, so no. that's as good as he gets. Oh. Oh. I knew that the other day when I was trying to do a southern accent and I said project in a southern accent. And I'm like, don't even try, Alex. Don't even try. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Are you guys ready for the next yeah. round against hell? So... Hell screams in pain, and Jaleel's like, good, feel a fraction of the pain you caused others, idiot. And then Hell is like, what sword is this? And April almost answered like, oh, we got it from, and Jaleel's like, hey, don't, because she might know how to counteract it, so just don't. Uh, And April's like, all right, let's switch gears. We're walking out of here, we're slicing you into baloney. And Hell is like, Okay, and then summons all of the things out of the ground and all of like the human zombie skeleton, centaur skeletons, elf, dwarf, whatever skeletons are rising up and coming at them. And she's like, rise my stones. And these horribly decayed zombie things are just coming after them. So April's just like, actually, fuck this. Tosses the sword to David, who cuts down a few of them. And then he's like, well, this is useless. There's thousands of them. So they decide to jump in the pit. They go over there. They jump. I think comedically, I don't think it was written this way. I think I'm just inferring it's comedic. Uh, They all start to fall, and April and David just keep going, and Christopher and Jaleel hit the threads that Senna's on. It just seemed funny to me that they would keep falling, like, oh, 
<laughs> Doppler effect, and they're just like, yeah. boring. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> yeah. So they're they're with Senna, and um, Senna starts doing this like weird bullshit. Like they're right by the top of the pit, right? So Hell and the zombies are all reaching for them, and Senna's like, Jaleel, don't leave me with Hell. Hell will be terrible just kill me instead just kill me and Jaleel's like I don't know what the fuck you're talking about but then he remembers he has the coup hatch blade so he pulls it out slices through the threads sends them tumbling and hell and the zombies are like fading away now as they fall and fall and fall but they do see the coils of the Midgard snake and it's like almost not it's stationary is that the right version of it it doesn't matter it's attached to the walls basically there's like cobwebs that like where this thing has not moved in God knows how long and like pieces of bone that are just resting on like certain flat planes of the snake. And they're just like falling past this forever, but they're not falling any faster. In fact, they're starting to slow down and it's not long before they're in the pitch black and Jaleel just pulls Senna closer because he just needed someone to hold on to. And then finally, as they're falling through pitch black, so you can't actually tell if you're still falling, you just assume you are, because there's no point of reference. He asks, can you hear me? And after a long pause, Senna says, yes, I hear you, Jaleel. And then they stopped. So I had this, like, the vision of that moment where uh, Christopher and Jaleel stop. It's Senna at the top of the pit, at the center of, like, basically a spider web. And then the little pieces of the spider web out. Mm-hmm. And then Christopher and Jillian trapped on the spider web. And like, you know, it's not Senna who's the spider, but it has that like that exact look of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, hell's really the spider kind of situation. I but it's like know. if you look, if you look from the outside, it's like that's exactly what you see. And that's like the the bigger story. They're I feel like Senna could be the web. spider. She could be. She could be. Like, yeah, at any point, Senna could be lying. I love that. About anything. And everything. And everything. For no reason. Prepare yourselves to be on a ladder, positioning a storm window. A position we've all found ourselves in at one time or another. It's it just it doesn't it's not that easy. OK, putting in windows just isn't that easy. Like, I don't I don't understand this chapter at all. Putting in windows isn't that easy, especially in an old Victorian house. It's just not. Unless you do it for a living. But like. Well, it it kind of sounds like in this moment, Alex does do it for a living. <laughs> and I don't know why this is the thing that's got her so worked up. Because like they're talking about like you just put it up there and clip it in place. Like maybe if they're just doing like just the glass part, but they specifically mentioned it's like a fancy Victorian window, which is like not standard shape. And I just don't think it's this easy. Like that's just not how this works. I always assumed that you just um, slide the glass in. I don't know where this is going. I was going to do, I, like, I started off with a Plinko bit that I was going to try and do. Okay. I don't even know if y'all know what Plinko nope. is. Yes. From The Price is Right? Nope. It's got all those pegs and that little disc. Yeah. That, like, yeah. Oh, where it falls through and it yeah. randomizes, like yeah. you do with beer yeah. bottle caps. Okay, got yeah. it. Yeah. And then I lost the thread somewhere along the way, and I was like, nope, bail out. And then I realized I was in no man's land. I was in joke no man's land. <laughs> Wait, As in joke quicksand. Tim was, Tim was like, come drag me under the joke wires that are over the battlefield <laughs> back to the joke trenches. 
I, I flew cl- too close to the joke corner, son. <laughs> so, like, didn't Michael Grant say he had, like, a thousand jobs in his life, though? Yeah, but they were all, like, cool jobs. Okay, I'm just wondering if he had, like, a brief stint putting windows in, and he was like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. all you have to do is blah, blah, blah. And, like, I've done tons of Victorian houses. It's super easy, and he forgot for a minute that it's not a skill that a lot of people know. I just don't think it's that easy. Like, (laughs) I just don't think, like, here's the other thing. When you're talking about, like, restoring old house, okay, sorry, for the listeners, Jaleel's dad apparently likes to restore older houses or, like, work on older houses, and he's constantly, like, redoing his old Victorian house. So, But anyways, when you get, like, an old house like that, like, shit wasn't built standard manufacture either. So it's probably, like, a custom size or, like, shit has shifted or, like, like it's. I just don't think it's two people on a ladder moving a window into place and then they clip it in from the inside. Like, what is... Clip it in would be, like, yeah, if you're just doing the glass piece and it's in a square window, you clip it in on the sides and, like, shrink it into place. But, like, I just don't think that's the scenario that we're in right now. Okay, I'm going to completely reverse what I said. Michael Grant has never done a window in his life. And he was like, I don't know how this works. And then he like got, he talked to a window guy and they'd be like, oh yeah, you just clip him in in place. And he was like, cool, done. Perfect. (laughs) Oh no. I, okay, I would love the idea because I'm sure this was something that was written and no one fucking cared. No one questioned it. It is not a big deal. It is barely mentioned in the book. It is like, we're talking about half a sentence here that I've just decided to (laughs) hang my entire thesis on. But I love the idea that they had this conversation at home. Like that's not how you put in a window. And he's like, they're children. What will they know? Like who's, who's going to be like, I know how to put in a window because I read Everworld. (laughs) I can accurately depict trauma responses, but windows, peh, they won't care. Beyond me. <laughs> windows are just there. They yeah. just happen. They're they just, just exist. Yeah. All right. So I'm, I'm going to move us on from the window talk. Otherwise, I'll be <laughs> mad about this all night. Oh, no. Window talk is a good podcast name. Oh. Is it just like getting a look into people's lives? Just like little window. Into your world. That's way more profound oh. than me. You just want to talk about windows talk, that you yeah. have no idea how to replace? <laughs> I just want to talk windows. I want to talk oh, frames, to... glass, <laughs> netting, <laughs> screens. What, what's netting? I meant to say screens. <laughs> <laughs> the window nets, you know. You know the window nets that they put so the bugs don't get in. You could have been like, you know what? Hundred percent. You could have been like, you don't know what netting is, and then never answered it. I'd have been like, God, I'm so, I'm so dumb. I don't know what netting is. Oh no! <laughs> oh, opportunity wasted. Oh well. <laughs> yeah, Tim, you don't know what window netting is. <laughs> no. <laughs> You know that glass they have indoors sometimes that has the stuff inside it that like crosses so that if it ever breaks it's still like attached. Mm-hmm. I would just assume that's what you had meant. 
This is the second time I've had a conversation about the glass that has the wire mesh in it so that if it smashes, <laughs> it doesn't break on a podcast. And I'm just, I'm kind of in crisis right now about how often I do talk about windows. <laughs> okay, we're moving on. We're done with window talk. Uh, Jaleel gets down from this ladder. His dad is like going on and on about how there's some chunk of his sidewalk that's lifted two inches and he's going to fix it because the house has to be perfect, blah, blah, blah. And then Jaleel's suddenly like, oh no, I'm going to faint. And his dad is like, I'm going to call 911. And Jaleel's like, no. And then he starts crying and his dad's like, I don't know what to do anymore. Yeah. I'm going to call 911. <laughs> Uh, and then he's like, I'm just hungry. And his dad's like, oh, thank God. If this was an emotional issue, I am a stunted neighborhood suburban dad and I am not equipped to deal with my children's emotions. So he sends him inside to eat some chicken and beans. <laughs> As one does when your child is sad. Oh, no. <laughs> it's the food of sadness. I, I feel like... <laughs> If I were sad and you were like, here's some chicken and beans, I'd be like, thanks, I'm better now. <laughs> I'm good. You worked it out for me. I'd be like, thanks. And then I'd eat the beans and panic the entire time about how to tell you I wasn't going to eat the chicken. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So you're eating beans, right? Okay. And you're like, yum, yum, beans. And then you come across. <laughs> That's what I say every time. <laughs> You come across a tiny piece of bacon and the beans. Yeah. Oh, no. How do you react knowing that this was the beans that was made with bacon? Uh, I just moved the bacon to the side and tried to hide it <laughs> so no one would witness that I had not eaten the bacon they had put lovingly in the beans. Oh, no. <laughs> Is that the yum, wrong yum, answer? Beans. <laughs> Every time now, yum yum beans. It's <laughs> my catchphrase. <laughs> I don't know why that got me so bad. <laughs> I'm gonna put that on my business cards. Nice flat, yum yum beans. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I'm crying again. <laughs> There was literally one time that I went to Waffle House with Austin and we got breakfast. And like the lady's super nice. It's Waffle House. They're so nice to you when they when they come over and put whatever food on the table. And they put all the stuff down. And I looked at Austin. I was like, bacon? Because they had given me bacon as part of my thing. And Austin goes, yeah. And he takes it. And we both like looked up. And there's the lady. And I'm like, fuck, she's watching us. She's going to know I didn't eat the bacon. <laughs> She doesn't care. I'm the only one that cares. It's the windshield wiper anxiety. Yes. It is. We had this conversation about how I was convinced I was the only person who was in my head. Like I had a belief that everybody watched how fast my windshield wipers went. And if they went too fast for the amount of rain, they were judging me. And then it turns out that I'm not the only person who experiences this. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Not even a little. Huh. It's like, have you ever noticed another human's windshield wipers in your life? And the answer is no. Ever. So, of course, nobody cares what my windshield wipers are doing. But I just assume they're, like, 
Look at this asshole with those fast wipers and this slow drizzle. <laughs> oh man, that should be like like a a scientific like official like what do you call them? Study? Yeah. No, like like a like a <laughs> a netting? Is a it net? a netting? Is it a net? Is <laughs> oh, no. It's a scientific screen. <laughs> I withdraw my comment. <laughs> no, like a scientific, like, something's wrong with Tim. Is that what we're going for? I'm try- like, I'm... What the fuck is the thing I'm looking for? Like, a, <laughs> can you describe the thing? Like, like you know, it's like a like a, a missing stare or like a a problem. Like a no. Like, what is the the literary thing for that? Like an idiom or something? Oh, um, a missing stare. Not- I know what you're aiming for, but I cannot remember the word. It's like a long, a loaded not- gun, or like Chekhov's gun. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Something like that. Dan's probably f- screaming at me right now. <laughs> a phrase? I feel like it's like some we- wild word, like luroplurgia or something like that. <laughs> Lycanthropy. <laughs> no one lycanthropy is at least. That's when it's you like miss a you stare use- every full moon. So you have anxiety about your windshield wipers? Oh, that's because you're a werewolf. <laughs> it all makes sense now. <laughs> Uh, it's like it's like when you use a very specific incident as a, like a metaphor for like a bigger thing or a more applicable N- anecdote. No, anecdote. I just anecdote? don't try and steal my answer. I just said that. No, I said I an anecdote was like. It. It's just a, a a one-off story. Yeah, but not quite. Oh no! An Is example. Like anecdote. It sounds like example. Maybe the word. No. Okay. It's common. <coughs> Google. I'm using <laughs> yeah, <laughs> using your own experiences to say that's the broader experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, an yeah, anecdote, yeah. right? No. That's just telling a fun story about yourself. This is okay. like. I'm going to look up missing stare. This is like when people are like, you know, one time I hopped over this broomstick on my way to school and it rained and then it didn't rain again. But the next time I did it, it happened. Uh, and therefore we've created false, an entire mythology. A false equivalent. False equivalency. That so, kind that. No, I mean, yes, that is what happened in the, it was a bad example is what happened there just now. <laughs> I mean, this just says a missing stare is a metaphor. So maybe, I don't know. <laughs> a metaphor okay. is, like so no it's it's real shot. easy so we have like i don't know like a month and a half to figure out what it actually is and then we can just cut it right it. in yeah. <laughs> what we actually meant is <laughs> there we go yeah dan's definitely screaming at us right now oh no anyway we can go back Anywho. to Jaleel having a mental breakdown and his dad being like ah what do what do 
you have chicken. Uh, no, then he's like, goodbye, motherfuckers. I've eaten the chicken. I'm off. So he goes to his car, pulls a parking ticket off the windshield, because apparently non-Everworld Jaleel doesn't park good. Uh, but he goes to Barnes & Noble, and he starts looking into hell and hell. And that sounds like the same word, but they were two different words. Uh, Christopher shows up at Barnes & Noble, where Jaleel is trying to read his book in peace. And Jaleel's like, trying to brush him off but it doesn't work like christopher's like hey we're besties now and then finally christopher's like hey how badass is april and julia's like shut up just shut up and uh then they they go to leave or i think Jaleel at least was going to leave but christopher came with them and christopher's like hey let's go get a burger at mickey d's and Jaleel's like i am not getting a burger with you christopher and then he splits off heads over to borders because one bookstore wasn't enough he's like bookstores are safe the ocd is worse at home but it is less so in bookstores so he goes to a bookstore he gets a bagel and continues to avoid going home that's that whole chapter i also do this it's not true i don't know like i have i, I don't i don't i think i can like you went to one bookstore and it was like this didn't feel like safe so you go to a different bookstore and i feel like that's acceptable i, I feel like that's a that's a good fair. reaction to be fair to be, to be fair <laughs> i have always felt slightly unsafe in barnes and nobles and i have always felt extremely comfortable in borders before they closed down and i, I don't know borders. why that is i did love, I love borders. borders so much yeah but yeah. what is it about Barnes and Noble that's so weird? Because there's something weird about those stores. It's Borders? it's more. It was more uppity than Borders. Yeah, and I feel like Borders was better lit. Mm-hmm. Like it was brighter inside. Barnes and Noble's more like I have to sit in atmosphere. Also, Barnes and Noble was a bookstore. At least you know when I was in high school, like it was. It's more of a. It's less of a bookstore now and more of a other stuff thing. But it was mostly bookstore. Whereas Borders had a bunch of different kinds of media. Mm, you know what I'm yeah. saying? It felt a like little more like, yeah. Movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what else I think it is? And this huh. has just occurred to me. The height of the bookshelves makes it feel like they can watch you from anywhere in Barnes and Noble and see what you're looking yeah. at. Mm-hmm. Whereas Borders had high bookshelves where you can oh. hide. Barnes and Noble, take note. Take note. If you're listening, fix it. Which they are, all of Barnes and Noble. (laughs) I miss Borders. Me too. I used to ride my bike to Borders and hang out. You read the last anniversary book in Borders, didn't you? Mm -hmm. Yep. Standing right there. I can can picture it all. (laughs) You know what I can't picture? Any childhood memory, almost at all. But that... (laughs) <laughs> got that shit on lock hell yeah <laughs> okay back to we've lost the plot let's find it we've done it Jaleel and Sana no wait sorry Jaleel's eyes open but it was dark because there was nothing to see because there is no light and you need light to see things but here there is none and therefore it is dark uh, anyways, he was trying to breathe super steadily and be like, I'm not awake. I'm not awake. But Senna's like, you're totally awake right now. But you're pretty good at that. And uh, then she told him that she checked him over and she didn't think anything was broken, which was super creepy. But Jaleel just brushed on past that. Yeah, no, you. Yeah, super weird, my guy. Um, 
once they started moving, uh, Senna surprised Jaleel by grabbing his hand, and they started to walk around, like, literally, like, pitch black, arms out, feeling for stuff, like, hey, we could fall into a pit right now, and no one would know. Uh, and as they started to walk, Senna gave a little more information about where they were, like, we're deep into hell now, but, like, 2L hell. And uh, Jaleel's like, okay, well, we'll figure this shit out. And Senna's like, oh, will we? Will we figure out magic, Jaleel? And Jaleel's like, actually, everybody thought everything was magic until science happened. So take a chill pill. And Senna's like, oh, sure. They're going to just, like, what, science away their magic experiments? And so she's she's all bitchy. Uh, but... Jaleel is slightly pleased because she gets really irritated the more he points out very logically that, like, everything is magic until you just figure out what it is scientifically, and that really does piss her off. So we are glad about that. That's that whole chapter. I didn't write so, much about it because it was mostly talking. Is Cinna Hell Jr.? I hope so. Because <laughs> Cinna's powers and Hell's powers are, like, very similar. Tim? <gasps> yeah. yeah. You're right. Yeah. Mm. Also, I really like the term 2L Hell. 2L like, Hell, yeah. I want to write a mystery hell. novel and call it 2L Hell. I wish you would. Yeah. Nice. 2L Hell. 2L. Yeah, I think there might be something to that. That whole, like, maybe there's a relationship with Hell. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like that would make her Loki's granddaughter. I mean, we've also thrown out the idea that Senna is Loki, right? Like this is all some kind of elaborate scheme that Loki is. Oh yes, I don't yeah. know if we phrased it exactly that way, but we did throw out the. We may have phrased it that way, uh, but the the uh, Loki pulling strings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did talk about that, which is what I still think. I think Connor's not real. He's like Remy Malik. <laughs> Remy Malik is real, Tim. We've talked about this. He's just not a seen... large carnivorous predator. <laughs> have you have you ever seen Ka Anor and Remy Malik in the same room at the I've same time? I've never Malik. seen Ka Anor full Remy stop. Height. He's five foot seven, Casey. He's five seven. <laughs> He's my height. <laughs> He's me. I'm Remy Malik. Because <laughs> we're the same height, therefore we're the same person. I've never seen Remy Malik and Casey in the same room at the same time. Right? And Batman. They could be Batman too. <laughs> oh. <laughs> They're all three. I have seen Night at the Museum and Casey in the room at the same time, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> we look exactly the same, though, right? Yes. I love the idea. <laughs> like, can we just, like, I know this isn't true, but can we just exist in a world where Alex completely doesn't understand how DVDs work and she thinks that everything is happening in real time in front of her? DVDs are the height of technology. (laughs) That's why I've never seen a movie, because in my mind, I've never seen a movie. Dude, I can't wait. In like 10 more years, I think I'll be old enough to become a DVD snob. You know how like people always talk about how like vinyl... Vinyl it just doesn't sound as good as on. I'm gonna do the that shit with DVDs. The pizza on the DVD really <laughs> adds to the experience. <laughs> scratches. I'm like sorry. Have you ever been Look at the DVD menu. It really like it created a whole. My 70 experience. DPI highlighted <laughs> button. 
You know what? Be, like, when the player starts to go to sleep, it bounces the little logo around. You yeah, can't yeah. get that. <laughs> Blu-ray is really when it started to go downhill. <laughs> what if I want to watch it in 4-3 format? <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> Listen, you haven't lived until you've tried to navigate a full menu with bonus features on a tiny little remote. <laughs> Where's the Easter egg on the Blu-ray? <laughs> I watched I it to the very end. I don't know if any of the other things have done that except for the Lord of the Rings special editions. So maybe that's just like a deep cut for, for Lord of the Rings. For Lord of the Rings special edition owners. And so the the bonus tracks on CDs. The like yeah. hidden tracks that they would yeah. put at the end. My favorite was uh, "Less Than Jake Losing Streak" because you had to re- rewind the first track on the CD to get to the hidden track. That was always How? my favorite. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. They had like a negative time on the first track or something. Oh, so you had to like back back to get to it. Not the whole track. You, like it started at zero and you oh. had to hit rewind and like rewind Holy it. shit, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that was always my favorite hidden track. Wow. And I was just excited when I dropped my CD player enough times that my Flogging Molly CD just played half the track. So I was like, this is kind of like the acoustic version because I only got like the tin whistle violin and like... <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I thought it was pretty cool. <laughs> Right. We've talked like zero about the book or yeah, the characters <laughs> in the book. We're just doing bits. You know what? Alex will it's... do like a recap and we'll go off on a different thing. I know. I know. We're not. We're not done yet. But it, it's not a bad book. It's fine. Yeah, it wasn't as good as April's book, and it was way better than the first two. Absolutely. Correct. Yeah. Actually, I I had actual thoughts to talk about, but I wanted to wait till the end. Okay. So. Okay. Uh, that doesn't mean we have to rush, but I guess I could continue. All right, let's figure out what happens between Jaleel and Senna now as they walk through total darkness together, having a heart-to-heart. It's girl talk with Jaleel and Senna. It's not. Jaleel is interrogating Senna. Like, what happened to you? How'd you get here? Why Why didn't you die in the woods, basically? And uh, Senna's being evasive. So Jaleel just stops moving and holds his breath and waits until she freaks the fuck out. And then he's like, hey, what does that remind you of? And she's like, you're being a dick. And he's like, no, it's about how you're alone in the world and you don't have any magic down here and you're shitty and no one likes you. And I kind of like this moment from Jaleel. I fucking like, loved it. He's like, you don't have power over me. Fuck you. Like, yeah. you're, you're being a dick. And then he says all that stuff. It's like, so you're being a dick. Yep. <laughs> oh. It's great, though. I love it. He basically calls her worthless, and it's great. We were talking about getting to the end of the podcast, and all I could think about was you hopping on your Paul Blart segue, and then me and Casey kind of climbing on top of, like, each shoulder or something and just cruising like on the to the Like the water skiing book. trick where it's the one Yes, person. yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll stay focused. There's Good. no need. I've got my eyes on the prize. Eyes on the prize. 
Anyways, uh, yeah, so that basically blackmailed Senna into telling him what happened. And she was like, I just had to get away from Merlin, who would imprison me forever, or Loki, who would force me to be the portal. So I ran into the woods and found a group of Kuhatch who liked me and helped me. And Jaleel's like, that's bullshit. And she's like, oh, so you've met the Kuhatch. Okay, so I traded them information for food. And he's like, what did you tell them? And she's like, I told them about guns, <laughs> which is a wild turn. Uh, and she's like, they had a human book. And Jaleel's like, oh, how obscure. They have a human book. I have no idea how that came to be. Uh, so then she's like, yeah. So then I continued on and there was these riders and they came to accost me. So I disguised myself as a man, which normally, like, to be fair, probably generally a decent move when a bunch of, like, dudes on horseback, like, ride up to a woman traveling alone in the woods. But they were hell's eunuchs. So they're like, haha, a man. Come with me to the town. And when she was in the town, she undisguised herself. And they were all like, oh, witch, burn her. So they brought her to hell and voila. And then there's a scream in the dark. And Julia's like, April. That's that whole chapter. April, where are the drugs? April. April. So I, I, I did think that this was Senna's kindness. But then I had to retract that and say yeah. that no, this is this is still Jaleel's kindness. This is just like a second level. Now they have more information to go with that chemistry book that they shouldn't have. So mm-hmm. it's like but it all started with him. He's gonna be yeah. the one that has to wear that one. Mm-hmm. Oh man. They keep dropping it in. Mm-hmm. Something's gonna happen. It's mm-hmm. gonna pay off in a big way. Yeah, there's gonna be like a another piece of information that they're gonna get from somewhere that that just makes it even worse, you know. Mm. I feel like they're just going to put in a literal smoking gun. Yeah. Yeah. But it it still could turn good, right? Because maybe the Kuhatch make a Kuhatch steel bullet that shoots Loki. And so, like, like they're, it could turn good. I just, I don't think it will. <laughs> I think so, only bad will come from this. So, like, Kuhatch steel, if you throw, like, a tiny boomerang, can slice down rows of trees. Mm-hmm. What the fuck could a bullet do? Kuhatch steel bullet. Go through a lot of things before it stops. Yeah. That's, yeah. Would it ever stop? It just, oh. <laughs> it just circle the earth. Circles the earth. <laughs> like Superman. Or the, whatever this is, other than the Middle Earth, the... The, what, I don't even know what you call it. What the Everworld, I guess undo- we're going to call it. <laughs> what if that's how they undo Everworld, is they shoot the bullet and it goes so fast around the Earth the opposite way that it's rotating that it starts spinning backwards yeah, and it yeah, undoes yeah, 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 all yeah, the yeah. Everworld. Thank it's, you. This is the part where we learn that Alex has seen a Superman movie. I haven't. I just knew the plot. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was Superman 2. If I'm not mistaken, like, I know I may be. two ever. Yeah. Like, two ever. Like, Christopher Reeves, too. That's right. <laughs> two ever. <laughs> I was like, what does that mean, two ever? <laughs> two ever. <laughs> the two is two that ever they're twoed. <laughs> so, so the... If I shoot the Kuhatch bullet backwards, it will reverse the spin of the planet and reverse time. Yeah. Which, you know what? I could go back you know and what? defeat Loki as a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Prevent his parents from meeting and him ever being born. So is it, 
is it is it buck wild as a movie concept that you could fly around the earth fast enough to reverse its rotation and change the flow of time yeah it's buck wild has anybody ever proven it to be false yes no no when mythbusters mythbusters they did not fly around the planet enough to change its rotation they did the math i math schmath (laughs) there's no math bitches here You can't math. That. You can't math away science. Yes, you fucking can. <laughs> you literally can, Tim. It's like half of science, science is math. Science. Wait, no. Magic is just science. We haven't. Math. Yeah, I lost it. <laughs> I forgot what Jaleel said. <laughs> Science is just the opportunities you miss. <laughs> science is the friends you made along the way. You miss a hundred percent of the science you don't take. Yes. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> Shoot the moon if you miss you'll land among the science. I feel like I have to add in there because somebody's going to be like, somebody's going to think, <laughs> sorry, that took me a second. Um, <laughs> um, I feel like somebody's going to be like, a, a Tim really thinks that you could Superman around the world. And I don't, I don't, it's a bit, don't, don't. I don't know. You seemed pretty mad at science. I know, I know. And I feel like some people are going to be like, he doesn't like science. And like, no, I like science. It's- I like that. They're definitely not going to think you're a flat earther, but... <laughs> well, that's the reason. Like, you make a couple of flat earther jokes, and all of a sudden, you're a flat earther. And it's like, no, that's, that's a goose. I had to You I had to specified it was around the world. <laughs> around the world. Around the world. <laughs> I did. I did see a TikTok that I had to send Alex, and it because it made me really, really happy because it showed what actually happened to the dinosaurs. It uh, it it showed the flat Earth looking much like a plate, and then a meteor comes and hits the side of the plate, which causes the plate to and wobble, and it just flung the dinosaurs right <laughs> off the planet. <laughs> and I was like, huh. Oh. So that's how that happened. <laughs> no. Oh no. It did the thing where the dinosaurs come right past the camera too. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh amazing. <laughs> oh. Alex looks pained. It feels a little feels a little bad. oh shit so coup hatch bullet reverse time that's I think what we're saying is the coup hatch bullet would reverse I'm gonna gonna put that at around 3% chance of happening in the book series I'm gonna go to 7 you're gonna go to 7 okay yeah (laughs)
If that happens, I'm gonna lose my fucking shit. They have to name the bullet like a comet because it comes around like at the same time. Oh, <gasps> shit! Jaleel's <laughs> bullet. I was gonna say the hatchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> oh <laughs> shit! even like not in this context just like in general the hatchback of oh no now there oh. has to be a guy or what we'll say person there has to be a person at Notre Dame right now driving a hatchback named Quasimodo that has to be a thing and if it's not a thing we have to move there and buy a hatchback. We have to become the monsters we want to see in the world. <laughs> this is your strongest bid for cryptid yet, Tim. Oh, damn. <laughs> I would introduce it to people. Like we go to the grocery store. This is the hatchback of Notre Dame. It's a cryptid. I can just imagine. <laughs> Casey going in on this being like, now here we are going to tell you a tale. Oh, I was just thinking, I'm going to dress up like the jester and I'm going to sing the songs of the legend of the hatchback of Notre Dame. This is my dream. This is what I've prepared for. <laughs> okay, I'm going to keep talking about this book. One way or another, I'm going to keep talking about this book. And the way that I'm going to do that is to talk about how April's screaming came from behind a wall. So Jaleel started digging and said, so like, stop it. And he's like, no, because he was getting to April. And Senna was reaching out for him. And for a split second, as her skin made contact with his skin, all of the OCD starts, thoughts started flooding in about germs and bacteria. And then he was like, God damn it, Senna's lied again and like shoves her off of him. And he's like, your fucking magic works down here, you goddamn fucking liar. And Senna's like, ha ha, yes. <laughs> and so he pulls out his knife and he's like, great news. I have this Kuhatch steel knife. And if you come closer, even though I can't see you, it will cut you to shreds. And she's like, not coming closer, but at the same time mocking him. Like, both, like, ah, I sold you out to hell, and, like, also your OCD is back. And so he's just, like, focusing on not listening to her. And he starts using this knife to, like, cut away at the wall, which apparently it works. Like, it was faster than digging, but still not fast. And, like, finally the wall crumbles in, light bursts in, and he's like, oh, no, I found where all the bones went. That's That's that. The bone room. I wanted to call it the bone zone, but they didn't like it. <laughs> the bone zone. <laughs> All right. So these bones, they were moving in like like skeleton-like patterns. Like some of them were real like skeletons, like looked like it could have worked together. Most of them were these terrible mismatched bones that they just like connect together to dig out the side of the tunnels. And uh, there's even a centaur skeleton digging at the walls under the watchful eye of three Hetwan. One of them... Is like, hey, there's a kid here. And then he's like, skeletons, dig at the kid. And the skeletons just like start like, I imagine them doggy paddle digging. 
Like they didn't say this specifically, but like they keep talking about how ineffective they are. So I just imagine them like, like trying to doggy paddle dig at Jaleel. Um, anyways, they're like, they're coming over and uh, Jaleel turns to say something to Senna and she's just a fucking skeleton now. And he's just like, fuck this, grabs her, shoves her in with the other skeletons is like, fuck you and all the shit that happened. Uh, and then he slices through the arm bone of one of the skeletons that's digging at him. And he's like, these things are so weak. So he's like, David. And David's like, help. And Jaleel's like, well, don't go after the skeletons, you dummy. Go after the hat wand. And David's like, what fucking hat wand? They haven't even seen them. Next thing that Jaleel sees is David charging through the fray with Christopher and April in tow, bruised and battered. He's got a sword. And Jaleel's like, mm, sometimes that guy does look like a hero, though. Uh, and then David's like threatening these Hetwan. He like runs up there, puts a sword under its throat and is like, call them off or die. And the Hetwan's like, I don't care if you shoot me with a fucking gun. And he's like, I serve only Kalanor. And David slams the butt of the sword into this thing and it just dies. Like it just crumbles. And then they're like, two more to go. They go to take out the other one, but then something passes over their head like a freight train. And they all duck and hit the ground. Jaleel gets, like, a bone jamming into him. And whatever this thing was, like, passed over, like, the crazy, like, amount of wind and air and terrible force. And they're like, what do we do? What is it? And David's like, it doesn't matter what it is. We gotta run. That's where they cut that chapter. Do y'all remember in Endling? Yeah. That there was a character whose name was an anagram for Tobias. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the name right now. Sabido. That's it. Uh, So do y'all not just sit there and play with Hetwan and Kuhatch and try to figure out if there was some other, Mm. like try to rearrange the letters till you get something? I'll admit that the word Kuhatch makes me so uncomfortable that I don't, I just try to gloss over it. Like, like it, it has a like such a wrong feel to it that it has it does. to be yeah it's like uh yeah it's, it's got to be something else and that's the same thing i get when i hear hetwan and it's the same thing when i hear kanor like all these terms i'm like there is an obvious thing to these and i can't see it right yet because hmm. i never saw the sabido thing like i never saw it it had mm-hmm. to be pointed out to me you know? Hmm. I don't think I saw it. I don't know. I'm looking now. at Hetwan right now and I'm not I'm not seeing it. Hmm. No, I, I did because when y'all pointed it out, I had that mind blown moment. Now I remember that. I remember listening to that episode. <laughs> Me yeah. too, and I was yeah. on that episode. <laughs> Alex was like, Did you realize that it was blah blah blah? I was like, <gasps> What? I yeah. realized that? I didn't. Yeah. I thought you realized. No, I don't think so. Oh, Ooh, man. Boy. It's been a hundred years. Oh, boy. That means I got an old here. But yeah, that's all I, like, I'll just randomly be sitting there and I'll be like, Hetwan. Thwain. And I'm like, Thwain's not a thing. Thwain. Yeah. Thwain's not a thing. So, but I, I feel like there's something hidden in at least one of those. Mm-hmm. That I'm that I should obviously see. Mm-hmm. I just really don't like Kuhatch. It's it's no, really an no. uncomfortable word, and Some, I'm really yeah. They did a good yeah. job with that one. I hate it. 
Yeah. It's like that plus something else will spell Marco something. I haven't seen it yet. Kaanor is K-A, though. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's the that's the bit I'm supposed to take away from that, I think. Yeah. But, yeah. like, every time I look at it, I always think Roanoke. And I'm like, that's not, Roanoke. that's there's not enough letters. Yeah. There's not the right letters. So. <laughs> so it just gets further away every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not very good at this. There's always an anagram question on trivia, and I almost never get them. They are not my strong suit. Let's see. That's, so, if you guys want just some insight into playing escape rooms sometimes, whenever we get a jumble of letters, I just immediately start unscrambling them. And there was one room that Shannon and I were doing, where there was like four of them, and Shannon got so pissed. I was like, it's this. She's like, how do you fucking... I'm like, I just unscrambled it. She's like, that's so stupid. You should have, like, a th- way to unscramble them. I'm like, well, just words. No, I... Anytime there is a series of letters that is not already a word, that is the first thing that I start doing is start trying to unscramble them. hmm But usually I have sped through the first part of the puzzle to get the letter so quick that I have screwed up and gotten the wrong letter. Oh, no. Yeah. The, like, happens with great frequency. So I'm sitting there trying to unscramble something with a wrong letter in it. You guys. What? I'm looking at Kaanor right now. It's yeah. only if it, it's missing two letters, but if it had those letters, it would spell Ragnarok. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a Norse thing. Yeah, I wonder That's if we're going to get is. I wonder if we're going to get those two letters somehow. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like if if there's going to be another entity or something that if you put those letters in it'll spell like ragnarok is alex or something like that mm-hmm. ragnar okay. alex sorry for interrupting ragnarok. Uh, do not be sorry but let us speak about this giant rat true porcupine thing are you do prepared it. this shrew rat Porcupine thing ran at them and David held up his sword and let the creature run itself onto it. But it didn't work again for the third time. And uh, the shrew thing just ran him down and it snapped up Jaleel in its jaws and its teeth were puncturing into his back. But not very far because he did the whole uh, um, dragon heart thing where he put the bone in his mouth so he couldn't be eaten. It didn't work, though. You've seen dragon heart, right, Tim? I thought they didn't. They do that to the rancor, too. Probably. Put a bone in the Rancor's That's mouth. probably a much more relevant reference, yeah. Yeah. Rancor is almost caught or unscrambled, too. Mm. There's nothing there. It's Rancor. Yeah, it's, you don't, it's not. You don't know that there's nothing there. I, I, you're right. I don't. But yeah, anyways, they do the classic bone-in-the-mouth trick, so he can't shut its jaws. Uh, but unfortunately, this thing has a giant tongue that it starts, like, snaking forward and wrapping around Jaleel and, like, pulling him back and... Julio's getting all grossified and like crushed and eaten and digested and something bumps into him and he's like, ah, it's someone else, but I don't know who it is. And then as he's being slowly pulled into this thing's digestive tract, he realizes that he has one final chance as he's running out of oxygen 
and that's the knife in his pocket. So he busts that shit out again and starts hacking away at this weird creature and air comes in. He breathes sweet, sweet oxygen, but this thing isn't dead yet. So he keeps cutting away and then finally he's like going through major arteries and it's blue blood is spilling all over the place and they end up cutting their way out of it. And it's April that was in there with him. So they come out like covered in like stomach fluids and blood fluids and guts fluids. And uh, they realize that when this thing died, it actually collapsed on top of David and Christopher. So they cut them out. And then they all sit down and they're like, we didn't do great today, guys. This was not the best day that we've ever had. Two two things. Mm-hmm. Guts fluid is Guts terrible. Fluid. Oh, I mm-hmm. hate it. <laughs> um, also, why do you put Excalibur up at this point? Just leave it out. <laughs> like, I... Mm. Yeah. Yep. Like, I... I would practically have that thing just, like... Taped to your hand? Yeah, and just, like, like my arm held out in front of me, waiting for things to walk into this coup hatch blade. Yeah. But it can cut through anything. So if you're clumsy like me, you'd probably cut Rachel Rachel April's oh. fucking oh. hand off. I don't know what that brain oh. slip oh. was. Oh. Shush. What happened? Oh. Just I don't there? know. I don't know. Oh. I I no. No, there's deeper meaning here. Oh no. But yeah, we're gonna have to psychiatry this one. Yeah. yeah. Shrink me. You might have just actually what did I do? You might have just weeded something out. I got possessed Maybe. momentarily. <laughs> By the ghost of Rachel? Oh, no. If that actually happened, Alex would oh be God. so mad that it went to Casey instead of Alex. I'd be so excited because I can't talk to ghost Rachel if ghost Rachel is possessing me. Uh, this that's is the true. best case. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I feel the- like it would be a Moon Knight situation where I'd be like, timid little me. And then I get possessed by Rachel, and then I'd be this fucking badass that can fight crime. Also, best KC scenario. That's a thing, right? We could do something with that. Yay! Yes. <laughs> yes, the best KC <Casey> scenario. <laughs> I forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> uh, about how April and Rachel are apparently the same person oh, no. or somehow bonded. Hang on, before we get there, the fact, okay, like, I don't want this, but, like, it would be great if, like, we did have a Jersey Shore podcast and Casey was the best Casey scenario and Casey ah, we talked about the situation. Okay. Like, this, we could do Jersey a whole Shore. thing. I haven't either. I just <laughs> have no. had lots of things told to me. <laughs> we my, explain the plot of Jersey Shore. My vision... <laughs> Of Casey being on Jersey Shore is just like a quick cut to Casey and Casey saying, why am I here? And then like cut away. <laughs> Didn't they have like a duck phone though? Because like that would be, that was, I think they had a phone that was duck shaped. That was Duck Dynasty. I had a what? phone that was duck shaped when I was growing up in my house and it would quack when it would ring. That's adorable. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Duck phone. Google is oh it is Jersey Shore I'm so sorry I just assumed it was Duck Dynasty because of ducks I'm sorry I didn't mean to gaslight you 
I believed you instantaneously. So Both sorry. of us having just said we've never seen Jersey Shore. But when you corrected me, I'm like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> duh, Alex. It was Duck Dynasty because I ducks. was like, that makes sense. I like, I guess I'm wrong. I could have sworn, but I guess I'm wrong. It's like, are you You're even right. listening Tell to yourself me. right now, Alex? No. You said ducks. Oh no! I'm just gonna shut up. I keep saying dumb things. No, you I'd do say, not. I say duck things. You say smart things. It's just the things we're talking about are dumb. So you have to. Like, <laughs> it's it's only because you're. Low. No, like, let's be real. I was talking about Jersey Shore, possibly the dumbest TV show that's ever happened. Like. I'm glad you didn't know they had a duck phone. It means you're better than me. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. Fucking duck phone. Oh, I'm very excited to read this next chapter because of some references that I threw in here. It's not because of what happens. It's because of my own recapping. Are you ready? Yes. All right. As they sat together, things got calm, and Jaleel told David, hey, by the way, Sen is here, and she betrayed us to hell. And David's like, no, she would never. I'm sure there's another explanation. And then, surprisingly, April jumped on board and was like, well, she probably didn't, like, walk in to betray us, right? And Jaleel's like, well, no, she was brought to hell, but then she sold us out. And April's like, well, that's a little bit different. And David's like, yeah, exactly. Super weird. So then Jaleel's like, okay, let's change subjects. Let's talk about Kaanor. Who is going to all this trouble to sneak up on hell? Like, so Merlin's probably right, right? Like, they, there's a good chance that if they all banded together, we could defeat Kaanor. Because nobody who's super strong and could defeat anybody would dig a tunnel underneath hell to rise up on hell and defeat hell. Choose your own L's in that situation. Uh, Jaleel extrapolated all of this stuff. And then he's like, hey, by the way, uh, Loki is going to double-cross Kaanor. And even though it seems like he's working with them, he's just going to, like not do that and not give Senna over. And that's why he sent the Vikings to attack Huitzipochtli and weaken him because the Aztecs and Big H were under the domain of Kaanor and he wanted to have the front taken down before double-crossing him so that he had more time to figure out how to survive. Which is all very smart. Which is why a skeleton head nearby suddenly is like, great job, guys. And then, like, Shia LaBeouf clapping at the head of Rob, Rob Cantor, Shia LaBeouf, Senna stands up and is like, ah, yes, a good idea. The one thing I didn't know how this all played out. And they're all like, oh my God, she's a shapeshifter. Julia was right. And uh, David is the only one who's not impressed by this because she touches his neck and he's enthralled again. So then she's like, yep, I came with you the whole time on a ship disguised as a man, you idiots. Uh, And then someone starts trying to dunk on April, which is confusing. And April's like, I should hold the sword. I know this seems very disjointed, but that's kind of how it went down anyways. And everybody's like, yes, April should carry the sword since Senna cannot take her in. And then Senna turns to stare at Jaleel because they voted on the sword carrying thing and Jaleel was the last one. And, and Jaleel thinks, you don't scare me half as much as you think you do. Anyways, I was just very excited to talk about Shia LaBeouf in the middle of that. <laughs> so I wanted to. So I did. That's how I imagined it. it was like she just stood up from the dark audience, like clapping as Jaleel did his thing. And then the spotlight comes on her and she just sits back down. 
<sighs> yeah, she's she's the worst. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. A little bit. Oh, shit. Uh, I'd sell her. To the circus? Mm-hmm. Or to a dragon. One of the two. She's the worst. A little bit. You know who else is the worst? Me? David. Oh, yes. David's the worst. Mostly because he's being a little bitch about not being in charge anymore. Side note, whoever has a sword is in charge. You wouldn't think it's that way, but it is. And April is not having it, though. She's like, David, you're being a little bitch, and I wasn't raised on war movies, so I'm going to do the thing that makes sense instead of your stupid war movie agenda. And so she's like, Senna, you're out in front, and then me, and then everybody else. And she trudges them up the tunnel, and they're all miserable because they are literally walking vaguely uphill forever. So it is hard, and they don't like it. And Christopher's trying to crack jokes the whole time, mostly at Senna's expense, and it's kind of a way to, like, integrate her into the group slash push her away and be like, you are other, but also I can make fun of you because you're just a child like us. Senna didn't reply to any of it because she was trying to hold on to her power. And then at one point, they're like, oh, my God, we hear running water. So they, like, follow that, find the water. And April's like, Senna, you drink first. So she did. And then right as Christopher was about to go next, Senna's like, Persephone... And they're like, what? What the fuck now? And then she's like, remember Persephone? She got tricked into spending half the year in hell because she consumed pomegranate seeds on the way to Hades. And the rest are like, fine, we won't drink the water. Uh, so they keep trudging up this hill. Senna, the only one that seems kind of okay, probably because she got the water, but also probably she's just kind of a bitch. And uh, they march past all these corpses, these giant rat things that are dead and skeletons. And then they come to a fork in the road. And of course they argue about which way to go because it's not like we have a cohesive team that thinks anything through. And there's literally a tunnel that they identify on the right-hand side that has fresher air. And the argument is Christopher doesn't want to go there because the ceiling's too low for his tall body. And like that's a legitimate argument that they take into consideration, which I don't understand. So, yeah. Hey, hey, Alex. Yeah. Ask me if I knew about Persephone. Do you, did you know about Persephone? I did. How did you yes. know about Persephone? Because of Hades Town. <laughs> nice. I did get very excited when I got to that part of my. Like, I know that story. <laughs> oh shit, man! I've never felt so called out in a way that I didn't have to acknowledge that I was being called out than when we had Steph Craniola on and she started talking about how like, yeah, like obviously it was the story of Orpheus. Everybody knows the story of Orpheus, except there's some people in the theater that I guess didn't. And she was talking like, hey, we're all in on the bit. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, I didn't. No, Greek mythology was not a thing I knew a lot about. So there no. There were several pieces to that story that Jenna did have to explain to me on the car ride home. Not not that I like not that I couldn't understand the play, but like yeah. you know the external kind of like who was this person? And I think Persephone was actually one of the ones that we talked about. Nice. Oh boy. Okay. Two chapters left until the end of this book. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. They start on this tunnel, right-hand side, they decide to go there because fresh air, it makes more sense. It, Gandalf said it, it must be true. So 
As soon as they enter this tunnel, there's this freight train whale screeching noise behind them. So they just bolt. They're like, I don't care what it is. It's not good. I don't want it. I'm out. They're bumping into shit. They're smacking their heads. They're tripping. They're running. David, April, Senna pull ahead, and Christopher and Jaleel are a little bit behind them. Finally, Jaleel trips, and Christopher tumbles into him. And as they are tumbling around, they turn, and they see what it was behind them, which was the Midgard snake. And it's staring at them with its fangs glistening and coming right at them. But it can't because it's too big, and it got its head stuck in a little tunnel. So they're just looking at him like, oh, look at the little head stuck in the tunnel. Uh, and it it gets mad and it yells, get back here. And it was so demanding that Jaleel's like, I almost listened, but then I didn't. And then he's like, okay, how did this thing get here, really? And Christopher's like, do you really want to debate how this thing got here at a time like this? And Jaleel's like, you know what, Christopher? Good point. Let's just run for our lives. So they do. And as they make it around like the part of the tunnel where I guess David and, and Senna and April couldn't see the thing, they're like, it's the Midgard snake, blah, blah, blah. Senna says another name for it. No one cares. And April's like, what if, and she starts like taking the sword out. She's like, what if someone were brave enough to go stab it right now? And they're like, nah, let's not do that. Great fucking idea. Instead, let's turn and run. And so they do. <sighs> I was very mad. Yeah, there's no defense for that. There's none. Yeah. Like this snake will be a problem. Absolutely, the snake yes, will be a problem. Yes. And this snake is, I don't know, like 500 miles long or some madness like they were talking about. Like, this is, this is you should have tried that one, I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know how much food that is? Two. More than would have fed that whole Aztec village. Yeah. And I mean, they, they wouldn't even know the extent of the food because it's all right. wrapped up in the tunnels. Right. Like a tapeworm. <laughs> I think spoilage would become a problem. Yeah, mm. that's for sure. Like there's too much snake to eat. Yeah. That's just going to go bad. Mm-hmm. How many rib bones do you think this thing has? All of them. <laughs> yeah, that's a good guess. Also, snake going bad is something that I've never thought about before in my life. What? Why not? Because I've never thought about eating snake. I would is that try. not a southern thing? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, probably. I mean, the pretty much eat anything. But I'm I'm not on board with that one. Why not? I don't know. You know, people eat frog legs a lot. I don't. I won't eat that either. Like I would, I would, I am way more likely to have uh, a, a snake or a frog as a pet than I am to eat either one. Mm-hmm. I like snakes. Yeah, they're cute. Mm-hmm. I found a snake in the backyard one time. Aww. Like a like a like a reasonably sized snake, not like one of the little itty bitty ones. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh god. And the dogs were in the backyard, and the dogs were like, whatever. And the snake was like, whatever. And I was like, all right, I guess I'm going to whatever. Like, you just hang out, snake. If nobody's concerned, I'm not concerned. Oh, no. Yeah, the dogs weren't trying to get him. Nope. Dogs went over and sniffed him one time and went away. And the snake was like, I don't care. I'm just here for the bugs. Aw, what a good snake. Yeah. He's 
a good snake. I almost picked up a baby copperhead before I realized it was a copperhead. I could I could have died. You could have. But you so didn't. You did realize it was a baby copperhead before you picked no, it up? No, this was in a fabric store. And the natural, the, yeah, the natural place to find baby copperheads. Anyway, it was just a little snake, and I was like, oh, "I'll, I'll pick it up for you. I'll take it outside." And they're like, "No, it's a copperhead." And I'm like, "Okay, I won't pick it up." <laughs> and so they swept it out with a was broom. This something that they found often in their fabric store. <laughs> that was the second baby snake they had found that day. What? Oh, so like they hatched, and they were all over. They're probably living in that store. A whole fucking horde of them, yes. If if I were in a place and two baby copperheads <laughs> appeared, I mean, that's a plague at that point. It's like, that's not like, a plague. There's a like plague. 12 tops, maybe 20. <laughs> I don't know what they do in Wisconsin, but wherever Tim is, if there's two copperheads, we're in a plague. <laughs> and I must repent. I don't know what else to do. I must <laughs> flee this place. I would try to find where they were coming from. The locusts are on them. their way to eat our crops. I don't even have crops. <laughs> yes, Copperheads famously go into your fields <laughs> and eat all your crops. <laughs> Be like, just climb up that, that corn stock and just eat the whole thing this is this is what it's like talking to me because i'd be like it's copperheads they're gonna eat all our crops somebody else would be like you don't have any crops i'll be like i know because we have copperheads <laughs> why do you think they're shaped like noodles if they don't eat the wheat <laughs> that's oh copperheads <gasps> That's delightful. Finish the book. Okay. So, There's something about on, corn snakes right there, though. Hold on. You said that you almost picked up the cover. I live in a place where all snakes are poisonous. Okay. That sounds weird as a sentence. Let me rephrase that. I know not all snakes are poisonous. <laughs> uh, in my brain... When I see snake, my brain immediately goes, poisonous. Okay. Okay, but This is like, because so I, I can't remember. Line. Yeah, I can't remember any rules about which snakes are safe and which snakes are not. So therefore, all snakes instantly not, sna- not safe. Here's the thing, though. When I was a child, like under the age of eight, maybe, my best friend at the time had a fox snake as a pet, which we would take out and play with all the time. So like, even if... I'm out in the wild and I see a snake. My initial reaction is that primordial kind of like, oh, snake. But then I'm just like, oh, it's a snake. It's so cute. <laughs> so like, it's, I just, I, you know, I thought I was trying to be helpful to the nice fabric yeah. store ladies and like, like do the snake for them. And I could be a cool wildlife person. And then I was like, oh, actually, that's probably not a great idea. <laughs> are, are copperheads one of the ones where the babies pack more powerful punch than the adults? Mm-hmm. Okay. Allegedly, yes. I mean, you didn't test it, so I guess we'll never I, know. Yeah, I don't know personally, <laughs> but I have heard these that, things. That baby copperhead was looking up at Casey and was just like, "Uppies," 
And then this lady came over and said, no uppies, and then started hitting it with the broom. And the copperhead was like, stop, 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 stop. What's what's going on? So sad. Yeah. Yeah. So small. Aw. He didn't know what was going on. At least they didn't kill him. They were just... I just swept him out with a broom. Yeah, he's somebody nice. else's problem now. <laughs> yeah, you go live on the outside of the building so someone can <laughs> encounter you in the parking lot. <laughs> Come to the parking lot if you want an ass kissing. <laughs> ass kissing? Ass kicking? God damn it! Cut that! <laughs> None of <laughs> Fuck. I want to go to the parking lot for an ass kissing. <laughs> It's a baby copperhead trying to be threatening and just not not understanding the lingo. <laughs> just compliments you instead. Yeah, well, you are really powerful and strong, and I like you. <laughs> okay. Casey's next web comment. Comet. Comic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got it too. Yeah, uh, Casey's next web comic is gonna be like, yeah, Carl- does it only pass every hundred years, Tim? <laughs> Carlton the complimenting Copperhead. Oh, Carlton. <laughs> Carl, Dude, this, was that a comment? Are you? Yeah, that was God a comment joke. <laughs> Take that, comet boy. <laughs> I guess we're gonna fly up to Nassau to see the comet. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down there, meteor kid. <laughs> okay. Speaking of snakes, last chapter. The children emerge into a mountain of gold. There was gold everywhere, except for where there was blood red rubies. And where there weren't gold or blood red rubies, there were diamonds the size of footballs and crowns and rings and all sorts of things. And they're all suddenly like, oh, hell yeah, we're rich. And Christopher starts doing these bits about, like, I'm going to buy you Jaguar. No, honey, not a Jaguar. The company Jaguar. And then he's like, we could hire Bill Gates to mow the lawn. And they're all, like, stumbling across this mountain of gold. And then Jaleel suddenly is like, there is a serpentine form in the gold. It's probably not alive, right? And then he watches it. He's like, well, it is breathing. It turns out it's a fucking dragon. You know the dragon we've been talking about the whole time? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the dragon. And so the dragon opens its eyes and focuses on them and is like, oh, my treasure was stolen. And then it sees Senna and it's like, the witch is here that the human wants. I'm going to barter the witch for all of the help to get my treasure back. This is a really like shitty, sad dragon is what it's I'm playing It's a whiny ass dragon. Whiny <laughs> ass dragon. He was super whiny in the book. So I was like, it just has to be it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to take Senna and trade with Loki so that Loki will help me get my treasures back from the thieves. And David's basically like, we'll do it. And Jaleel's like, what? What? We don't know. We don't know anything about this This whole mission. Why? Why would we do this? And he's like, will you get my spear and my sword and my stone and most of all my beloved cauldron? And David's like, yep, pretty much. And then they're like, what? Who, who the fuck stole? Like, David, shut up. Who stole your shit? And then they're like, it's the leprechauns. And that's the end of this book. Just like Christopher's been telling us. This whole time. Mm-hmm. Yep. <gasps> if that's the next book, we're going to record that. If that's coming out. No. 
Yeah. No. Yep. We'll record it uh, like two days before St. Patrick's Day, right? Hell yeah. That, okay. Yeah. That's where I was going. And then yep. I was like, wait a minute. I'm I'm confused about time. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Does that mean we have to drink Guinness on the... I believe it does. Ooh, Sweet. I believe it does. Tune in next time so, for the drunk episode. Hell yeah. Um, understand the three of us as a group if we ever stumble into a cavern that is filled with golden riches beyond our imagination <laughs> mm-hmm. we're all turning around and we're all leaving uh-huh. oh, i'm finding like, the dragon i'm giving a big old hug nope Aww. when you're doing it by yourself one <laughs> sentence fine. into this i was like turn around turn around turn around yeah. like how are you not like how is your first thought we're rich and not the dragon how the are you going to carry it how are you yeah. going to carry it yeah logistically yeah are you gonna take it to your earth bank <laughs> they're not gonna accept it they're gonna be like this is ever world currency <laughs> also you stole you it from a dragon <laughs> we can tell by the serial numbers it's against our policy to take currency stolen from a dragon yeah actually i want to go to a bank that has that in their policy <laughs> like, i do too that's I my bank dragon dragon gold. yeah, yeah. Dragon gold. <laughs> uh, also, why? Like, am, this. What is this a recipe for? These four items. Disaster. Yes. Haha. Yes. Did the Was leprechaun? That a Did I win? <laughs> Did the leprechaun steal these items intentionally, or is the dragon trying to steal them from the leprechaun to make something? Or to trade, like, what is it about these four items? What do they do? Yeah, because it sounds like when you combine them, it yeah, does was, other yeah. things. Mm-hmm. So it's a cauldron, a spear, a stone, and a, a sword. sword. Yeah, I, I feel like somehow those four items are related. And again, that's probably another one that's like super obvious to everybody else. They're like, oh, it's this. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't make stuff in a cauldron. Well, maybe Ooh. you should start. I should. I should. Mm-hmm. Could elevate if, your spaghettis. Ooh. What if they're each like a thing, like a famous, like, so yeah. maybe the sword's like Excalibur and then it's like the, the sp- Philosopher's Stone and like yeah. the famous okay. cauldron of um, Snape. The potions master. The potions master. <laughs> potions that I'm giving into battle. Um, and whatever the spear fucking thing is. Hercules probably had some fucking spear bullshit. Anyway, I don't know. Yeah. It probably is super famous and I just don't know it. I don't know fucking anything. But I'm excited. Well, I'm not excited to go... Back through the rotation again. I'm not. I'm not, but I am. I do like it when they lean into, like we said, the more. Like, leprechauns are silly. And I think that'll make for fun. You know? Wasn't there a horror movie about leprechauns? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, Warwick Davis, I think, played the leprechaun. Leprechaun 2 is. is, It's a cinematic event. We'll say that. What does that mean? It's something else. It's a thing (laughs) upon which things are felt and experienced. Yeah, like once you've watched Leprechaun 2 and then you go to somebody else and you're like, 
I've seen Leprechaun too, and they'll just look at you and they'll nod knowingly. <laughs> I'll see it. We'll see it. We'll see it. All right. I have an observation of these books. Yeah. Okay. These kids are finally starting to make some strides towards being heroic and doing the brave thing and all of that jazz. And I think it's a little slower burn than I'd strictly appreciate, but I I am starting to appreciate the journey from the starting point of not being brave and not being able to do the right thing to becoming that or starting to like mm-hmm. try. And I, I do like that story of somebody who wasn't initially brave, who didn't have whatever mm-hmm. that inherent thing was starting mm-hmm. to grow into it. Sure. Yeah. Um, it was hard. Like the thing we talked about, about how much I would really like Christopher if we hadn't had the Christopher book. Yeah. If we had had that moment at the end where Christopher, who has been talking about the leprechauns repeatedly over the course of these books and everybody else had been like, you quit being dumb, quit being dumb. And then for them to mention the leprechauns and, and he just does his smile thing. It would be really hard for me not to absolutely love that character. Yeah. But we did have the Christopher. We books, did have so, his books, you know. so we do know we do know what he's like. He is yeah. ruined for us. Yeah, yeah, he I, is shitty. There is room for redemption over the next few books. I think there's room. Okay, yeah. I'm open. To yeah, it. if he if he admits his faults and admits his wrongs and starts doing the rights, I could get behind him. And if he still makes the good jokes, the good Marco jokes. Okay. Like talks about leprechauns and then then it happens. And then it happens. <laughs> like that's such a good payoff. Like it's hard not to That's a very Tim moment in a story. <laughs> I like it though. Uh, I I I do. After yeah. two books I wasn't super into the books, but after four I'm I'm ready to go for five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely starting to really come around on these and actually start to enjoy them. And mm-hmm. I mean, of course, we're going back to David. So, like, this is really going to be the big test mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. if it's good. But, like, I, too, am really starting to enjoy them. I don't remember if we ha- already talked about this or if we talked about this elsewhere or something. I think I mentioned where I think we were all putting on a really brave face after the first couple of books. <laughs> <laughs> and being like, yeah, you know, I'm, uh, the characters kind of suck, but I'm really interested in the world and I'm excited to keep going. But like, you know, after we actually got some good books, it's kind of like, man, we were really trying for the first two. Yeah. We were just <laughs> like, these are fucking shit, man. Yeah, I feel like that's an honest, <sighs> like, like, let's find the bright side somewhere. Yeah. yeah. What are we, what are we sticking to to be interested? Yeah. And I was like, oh, hey, I come hang out on the podcast and <laughs> bring it completely down with Everworld. Nah. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I feel like this would have, like, the first couple books needed to be condensed, I feel. Like, if it was a one-book experience of that arc, I think it may have been a little easier to, yeah. like, get on board super, super early. Yeah. I hope the story, like, we've had this conversation, I don't know where, also. I don't know why I keep saying that. Like, I, you know what? Probably here, but there's yeah, no way Yeah, probably here. Who knows? Who knows? 
But I like stories that end up in like very different places than where they start and like with much bigger, you know, a bigger world than where you first entered the world. Mm -hmm. And I hope we get that over the next few books. I hope it, you know, becomes wider and more just different. We're going into leprechaun territory now, so I think yeah. like all bets are fucking off at this yeah. point. Hell yeah. Like we kind of strayed back into gods. But yeah. now now who the fuck knows? <laughs> <laughs> I hope that leprechaun's a straight up murder hobo too. Oh my god. I don't know what to expect of the leprechaun if I'm being mm -hmm. honest. Like I can't I can't rec like I can't reconcile Catherine and Michael writing a leprechaun. Like I just can't. It doesn't compute in my mind. But it's like a Mad Sweeney kind of leprechaun from American Gods, where he's he's like he's Pornstache from uh, uh, Orange Is the New Black. So he's like a regular ass sized dude, and he's like. <laughs> He's like, stop stereotyping me. I'm not some fucking, you know. He's like foul mouthed and like awesome. Ugh. I don't know. Anyway. Yup. Time for a seven minute outro? Yep. Yes. All right, cool. If you want to write me about what you think these leprechauns are going to be like, do it at anonymousanimorphs at gmail.com. Uh, you can also reach out to us on Facebook at Animorphs Anonymous or uh, Apple Grant Book Club, or you can join our super secret, super awesome subgroup, the Andalite Bandalites. You can also find us on Twitter at Animorphs Anon or Instagram at Animorphs Anon or, again, Apple Grant Book Club. You know, just just find us all over the place with that, please. We're, we're killing it so hard. Killing also, it. find us at the Discord server that we have because we like to talk to people that come there mm -hmm. and we'll hang out together and discuss stuff. Uh, hit us up on any of our socials and we'll get you the link to the Discord server. You can come hang out with us and our friends. That's fun. And all of our friends. All our friends. <laughs> Oh, shit. Uh, what if I'm sick of people, though, Casey, and I just want to read something wonderful? Come come hang out with not people, but they're people that I made because they're, they're fake people, but I love them like real people. Uh, anyway, I make and draw a webcomic. It's called B-Side You. You can read it for free at B-S-I-D-E-Y-O-U-Comic.com. Read it on Top Us and Webtoons for free. Do you like it? Great. Go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash KCD studios and throw me some dollars. Help me make the comic happen. And you can get work in progress pages and early access pages and maybe some other stuff in the future. We'll see. You don't know. You don't know what's there. Not unless you pay $8,562 a month. Then you can get the Slater cast, which is an absolutely not real podcast that Dan and I definitely do in the Dan van because... We're cool like that, okay? We live in Casey's driveway. Shut up. It's cool. Whatever. We have a good time. It doesn't matter. Stop judging us. Stop judging our lifestyle, haters, and pay Casey money. Patreon.com slash KCD Studios. Do it now. And after you do that, go listen to Tim 
on other podcasts. Tim, Tim? where do you live? Uh, at yumyumbeans.org. <laughs> That's not true. I made that up. Don't go to that. I'm gonna That's have not to a fucking thing. Go see if that URL is <laughs> no. available. <laughs> no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Yumyumbeans.org. Horsegirls.club. Go to that one instead. And and you can find links to a bunch of cool stuff like Horse Girls, which is a fun show that we do. And there might be some cool Patreon content that you should find there too that might feature all of the anonymous Animorphs people that are here. <laughs> Owl. Owl. Also, you can Owl. find me on Late Starters. I wish you would. I wish you would find him on Late Starters. I wish you would. Also, find me at Late Starters. You thought I was going to say yumyumbeans.org again, didn't you? (laughs) I didn't. I'm not going to say it again. What if I stare at you? Yumyumbeans. No, no. Just yumyumbeans. I'm going to live in the moment. I'm going to live in the moment. So, so Ford of you from Late Starters. shit Alex where do you live well I am also on late starters with everybody on this podcast and Austin who we quoted so it's kind of like he was here in a way (laughs) Uh, but he wasn't he was physically not and therefore we've stolen his likeness we are the face stealers we've done it Austin is ours now we own his face likeness okay anyways I'm on late starters and that is a great podcast I'm on this podcast, Animorphs Anonymous. I'm on Horse Girls, which is a great podcast I do with Tim and Jenna, and Tim talked about it. But I am also on a show called Dungeons and Draken Beams, which is an Animorphs D&D podcast where I play an idiot teenager with a death wish, and we go and we touch animals and we turn into them and we try to save the world, and we mostly just fail miserably. Um, it's our MO. Just get used to it or whatever. So I'm on that one. And you know what? Sometimes I'm on a podcast where there is no place for it. Or no time for it, or no location for it, or no URL for it. But it's called Surprise Attack Book Club, and you can find it places. Get on it. Do it. Do it, people. I dare you. I dare you to do it. Did we, did we do all the things that we're supposed to do? I think so. I feel like it. I feel like we've said enough things now. Go listen to all our shows. Now. All at the same time. And if you play them all at once, you'll hear the hidden message. (laughs) Which is Apple Grant Book Club. Yum, yum, beans. (laughs)